Own Your Truth with life strategist Laura T. Real advice for regular people. Now, here's Laura. Hello and welcome to Own Your Truth where we're talking real advice for regular people. I'm Laura T. I decided to mix things up a little bit. I have a very special guest in the studio. My daughter, Taylor T., is here to discuss youth and technology with me. Our original thought was to talk about leadership, um, but, you know, in light of a few incidents in town over the past couple of months regarding youth, technology, and social media, I thought it was important to talk about technology, get a student perspective, and discuss the importance of parent involvement. And... In the end, we're also going to explore ways for kids to use technology for their own good as well as the good of others. Well, as we begin to explore the topic of youth and technology, I thought it was important to share some statistics with you. And Taylor's going to kind of weigh in on her thoughts about those statistics. The first statistic is according to the Pew Research Center's Teens, Social Media, and Technology 2018 study, 95% of teens now report they have a smartphone or access to one. These mobile connections are clearly fueling more persistent online activities, and as a result, 45% of teens now say they are online on a near-constant basis. It's so fascinating because this number has doubled since Pew's last report in 2014 and 15. So that's the first of our statistics. The second one I wanted to share was kids and teens age 8 to 18 now spend an average of more than seven hours a day looking at screens. By the way, the warning from the AHA recommends parents limit time for their kids to a maximum of just two hours a day. And for children ages two to five, they recommend one hour or less. So listen, as a parent, I get it. It's easier said than done. And we're going to talk about this tonight and so much more over the next hour. Finally, the last piece of information I think that's important to share is according to the Association of Psychological Science, who reported on two nationally representative surveys in which they surveyed more than 500,000 U.S. adolescents in grades 8 through 12, showed adolescents' depressive symptoms, suicide-related outcomes, and suicide rates increased between 2010 and 2015, especially among females. Interestingly enough, they also discovered adolescents who spend more time on new media, that includes social media, electronic devices such as smartphones, were more likely to report mental health issues than adolescents who spent more time on non-screen activities, that being activities that were in person, social interactions, sports, etc. Um, so in looking at these statistics, um, Taylor, what do you think about those numbers as a youth today faced with technology? Well, I think it's really scary, um, for one thing, knowing that um, we all have to kind of you know revolve our lives around this thing that you know we don't really know much about except the pictures that we see of people and you know the best parts of their lives they just post you know the good things so it's like um what is really out there Mm. are you shocked by these numbers at all um well yes and no um I feel like we've 
heard a lot about kids who get over, um, you know, overthinking about what they show online and, you know, something bad happens and, you know, the suicide rates, we, we know about that, um, but it's also to see the numbers in person is scary as well. As a young person today uh, with access to this type of technology, do you ever think about the amount of time you spend on a device? Yes, especially because you're always bugging me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's it's also tough with school because it's like, oh, I'll only go 10 more minutes and then I it's two hours and I still haven't started my essay. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, it goes through your mind, but it kind of goes out you know, in one ear, out the other, kind of, in a way, where you were thinking about it and just passes by when you're scrolling and scrolling. Mm. What about that uh, feeling of scrolling and flipping? I think you and I had talked, we had taken a, a flight on vacation, and I was sitting next to a gentleman who clearly was from Harvard because he had all of his Harvard gear on, like Harvard lacrosse, and he flipped through his device so fast, it actually made me anxious. And he, <laughs> I don't even know how he was lo- looking at the different things. He was just flipping from one app to the next app, and any thoughts on that? Um, I feel like it's almost, there's probably a scientific, whoever created Instagram or whatever, I, I bet there's some kind of science behind it, which is that easy, you know, or the double tap to like, or the, you know, hearts and all those different things. There's got to be some kind of science to it that there's definitely an addiction as well, too, mm. I think. Well, we're going to look at some a little bit of the science, right? Because we can only touch on a little bit of it. But um, very interesting to explore these topics. And like I said, so excited to have you here. Um, so like with every show, I want to provide you, the listener, with information and then support you with alternatives to create the life experience you want for you and your family. So this promises to be an informative show. As parents and students, we don't know the effects of today's technology on the future of our kids, which means none of us have the right answer. It's through education and communication that we get through this learning process together. So here from a teenager's perspective, what are the benefits of uh, technology for young people today? Well, for starters, communication, um, I don't know, is extremely important. I feel like you can connect with people, especially Facebook, people that you haven't seen in years that you would never really get to see. And I feel like that goes for anyone, not even just teenagers, people who, you know, you went to college with or that you went to kindergarten with. I mean, everyone has one, so (laughs) you can, you know, search for anyone. Um, And there's always those, like, really good examples of finding good news on the social media as well, you know, seeing something that just makes you smile, some cute dog or a really nice story or something like that, that, um, you know, makes you happy. Um, Do you find a lot of good news on the internet? Mm, I think the good news to bad news is like 70 to 30, I feel like. 70, which way? 70 to 30, bad news, 70. 70. Yeah. Okay, okay, well, so um, how, how challenging it is for you to search out the good news? To find it? Yeah, I feel like if you go on New York Times, you know, you'll find a lot of it has to do with politics, but you can scroll through and, you know, you'll find something, but it you, you don't have to dig, but it's still not, it's, you do have to dig, which isn't 
great, but I mean, you shouldn't have to dig. So okay, but it's yeah. out there. It's out there. Okay, it great. Is. So you mentioned connections. You mentioned good news. Yes. What other? What are some other positives um, that you gosh. can think of? Well, not necessarily social media, but the internet helps you with school. I mean, I don't does know. does it help you with accurate research? Yes, and we all we we learn in school not to trust Wikipedia. That's just <laughs> a definite. Um, but you know, YouTube has pros and cons. But YouTube helps with math and chemistry, and you know those things too. That's a good point. You have I've watched you personally use YouTube a lot yeah. to help out with math. So I was reading an article that claimed some of the benefits they believed um, included things like creativity. Do you think that the internet helps you be more creative? Well, we were talking about this before. I actually think the opposite, which is that when you're scrolling through your feed, you see everyone wearing the same things, doing the same things, and you almost become less creative because you're just following people you want you want to be the same you know you want to fit in so you're going to wear the same clothes and do the same things and I feel like it creates less creativity um and it causes people like celebrities to have more pressure to find new things for a lot of other people to you know copy I guess ah now so you I know you're a photographer um how does the internet help with creativity with your photography actually yes going on even Pinterest has like tons of really cool, you know, photography ideas um, and a lot of original pictures that it'll show. I feel like certain genres will have, especially music, social media will, will show tons of different, you know, music and ideas. Okay. So you agree with creativity. What about inspiration and support? Um, inspiration... Yeah, yes. There's a lot of, like, cooking. You know, you can see, like, little cute baking ideas that make you, oh, I can do that DIYs, you know. <laughs> oh, I'll be able to do that for sure. You know, 10 minutes later, you're trying to make a DIY snowman, and it collapses, <laughs> something like that, you know. Are you bringing our real life here? We, we're big DIY people around yeah, the holidays. Yeah, definitely <laughs> happened to us. Um, and some of them go terribly wrong. Yeah, and um, the other part was what the... So uh, support. support, inspiration, and support. Support, probably not, Be- because you you get a lot of you know friends asking friends, hey, you know, like, comment on my recent or whatever, something like that, where all your friends are posting nice stuff, but there's still the negativity out there, especially for people who are in you know the eye of you know the population of our whatever the public. Yes, yeah, and they um they get a lot of backlash for the smallest things, and like we talk about later on, a lot of it is people who aren't so confident who can backlash people online and they won't really get noticed for it. It's just a way to like let out anger and people see those things and they think about it, you know, daily and they try to get over it, but it's it's hard to be in the public eye for sure. Okay. So, so, and even going back to the creativity, I'm like, oh, so you agree with creativity. What, what the listeners didn't hear is she put her hand out, was like, eh. Yeah. So it's kind of mixed. Is so, so. Is mixed. And support is not really. Yeah. Again, if the listeners could see your face, the face says <laughs> not really while not she's really, making yeah. cute sounds. Um, okay. What about, I found this one interesting improved social skills. Hmm. Well, I don't know. This is just the first thing that comes to mind for me. For some reason, with teenagers, we always have to have, like, a dance. Like, I don't know. The newest thing is, like, hitting the woe. You know, just, like, 
<laughs> so through social media, you can see like what's popular when it comes to like handshakes or you know dances. I don't know something like that. Okay. Where, so I guess that kind of improves things a bit. But when you're looking on your phone so much, it also causes you not to talk to the person next mm-hmm. to you. And most likely, whenever you go on the train or you're waiting in line, you're going to see a person scrolling through Instagram instead of talking to the person in front of them. Which, I get it, you probably don't want to talk to a stranger, but um, you still want to look up and see, oh, maybe there's a person driving that you know, <laughs> might hit you. I don't know, something <laughs> like that. Like, look up every once in a while and see what's around you well, so it's interesting you bring up that you know sitting on a bus and being near people yeah. i went to pick up uh my son taylor's brother and seven out of the 10 kids waiting outside the school were sitting faces down on their phones and those are kids those are kids i know and they weren't talking to each other and you know just as a mom but also as a human being i felt so sad i know that that people weren't the kids weren't even talking Especially or playing you know, or chasing you know each, each other, other too. i know and and they do know each other yeah. All right, so we talked about some of the positives. What do you see are the negative impacts of technology? I brought up a few of the negatives already. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously there are positives with social media, which is new ideas coming through, you know, and definitely inspiration. Um, but one negative that we'll probably talk about is the desensitiza- desensitization. Big of, word. That's a great yes, word. of a lot of topics from suicide to things that I feel like kids really shouldn't be seeing at Mm. such a young age, you know, and there's a lot of stuff that I just feel like shouldn't be available for kids who have all these accounts and there's stuff on there that shouldn't be on there that is. Mm -hmm. And even for adults, you know, it's some of it can just be gruesome and there's a whole world out there that we just don't really know about. Right. Is hard for kids and you know we've talked about that idea of once you see it it can't be unseen yeah. and that's the hardest thing when youth are googling something google doesn't know that it's a bunch of 12 year olds in the back of the bus versus it's um you know an adult looking for something um inappropriate yeah. on purpose um and so you know i know that in our house we have a lot of conversations about that idea that once it's seen it can't be unseen mm-hmm. to the to the point that we've been even at one point in time set aside time that if you wanted to google anything that could come up with something inappropriate we would google it together and there would be no judgment and there would be um yeah. n- nothing said about it now i will say before she jumps in <laughs> she did not take advantage of this well, opportunity I, I like it's also like ask mom you know you don't need to google like no. i could just ask you or dad or whatever about certain things. I feel like we've got that all figured out. But at the time <laughs> when I was 12, I didn't know a lot. So. <laughs> well, and and that's, I, you know, having you here and having you say that was the biggest gift to me that you feel like, you know, what, I don't have to go to a stranger or look online. I can yeah. really just, you know, ask my mom or my dad. That's a huge, huge gift to me. Definitely. So thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, any other negative impacts you see of technology on kids? Um. I think also the pressure to be good enough is another Uh. thing, too, um, that can also relate to a lot of mental illness, which is just you see all these pictures of these beautiful people and you just want to look like them. You I hear so many people every day. Oh, I wish I could be her. You know, I'd give anything to look like her. That person is probably photoshopped, probably fake, probably not real. And so it's about like 
appreciating your life too and sure post great pictures of where you go and but it's it's a lot of pressure too mm-hmm. and the other negative too that we have mentioned is the procrastination and the addiction ah. the amount of time you spend um today i probably should have been studying from ma- my math test but i wasn't <laughs> i was looking at prom pictures and i was scrolling through and it's hours and hours and you don't really you don't really even watch the time go by you just Right. So Oops, it's, you know? it's, it's time wasted, right? Yes. And, and you and I have talked about, you know, there are two things you can never take back. You can never get back time. You can never take back your words. Yeah. Once they are given, they are gone forever. And both of those have a huge effect on social media. Ah, both they both. do both have a huge impact yeah. on social media. You're absolutely right. Um, so, so we talked about procrastination and desensitization and um, being good enough. How do you combat some of these things? So it's kind of different for me because mom actually doesn't let me have a lot of social media. (laughs) So I've got like the little bit. And for me, I think the biggest thing is the procrastination. And that is where the parental controls come in where it's like, you know, the warning or the timer or whatever. Or even, I'm not very good at this, but I've been using like this block site thing, which basically... Um, blocks sites you can edit your list or whatever but when I'm doing too much gaming or I'm on YouTube or whatever and I need to study and I'm going back and forth I just block the site done cut it off you know just forget about it <laughs> so explaining to our listeners you actually block your own website yeah so I don't have to do it it's actually something that you implement yourself it's so bad it's really hard it's really bad and there was a point in time, this was like sixth grade, where I had been first introduced to YouTube and, mm-hmm. you know, all this kind of stuff. We got our own computer. And I had actually, I had actually like C's and B's and kind of, you know, at least for my standards, bad grades because I was focusing so much on the screen and I wasn't studying. Mm-hmm. And that was a big issue. And at that point in time, she came to me and said, Mom, I actually need you to block these for me, which that self-awareness, I know that a lot of kids don't have that. It's yeah. something that really is a special for you. Um, but again, I think, too, the prompting, I'm constantly going in and we're looking at time. How much time have you spent? Okay, what else do you have to do, right? So I'm not always telling you to shut it down, although sometimes I do. I I am often checking and I act as your uh, pattern interrupt, right? I want to see, okay, are you, do you consciously know how much time you're spending on this? How much time have you spent? How much time are you going to spend? What else do you have to do? Are sort of my key questions, right? Right. Okay, fantastic. Well, we are on to our um, musical artist of the week, and then we're going to come back and talk more about uh, youth and technology. So let's, I can't wait to share this really great artist with you. He is one of my favorite new artists, although he is far from new to the music scene. He's new to my regular playlist. Brian Jarvis is a Connecticut-based singer-songwriter who exemplifies a man living his dream and making it happen. I had the chance to hear Brian sing a couple of years ago, and his sound totally caught my attention. And then my husband and I saw him again a couple of weeks ago, and we were blown away by his new music and the song I'm about to play for you. His music speaks for itself, so without further ado, here is Spark by Brian Jarvis. Yes. 
So I don't know where this will go Time slows down Now I know this life It weighs on my mind It's the part of my heart It's not just broken or falling apart The part of my heart It's not just broken, it's missing the spark The spark If I can find another life, tie a string, bring it back to life. These years are adding up like miles. So I don't know if it still shows another town, another show. sound. Let's talk about parental controls. I'm going to share some information I found. Uh, Internet Matters put out a report last year as part part of their Safer Internet Day that showed 65% of young people aged 11 to 16 are in favor of parental controls, especially those put in place to stop them from viewing inappropriate adult content. Ironically, only 39% of parents set controls across their broadband or mobile network, 35% of parents set controls on devices their children use at home, and only 45 apply privacy settings to their child's social media. So, Taylor, 
What do you think about the let's start off with parental controls. What do you think about parental controls? Well, <laughs> parental controls. <laughs> hmm, where do I begin? Okay, so parental controls obviously um, are very relevant to me. Mom uses them all the time. They're they're good and bad. I I like them because although they're very annoying and uh, they they actually help a lot. And when it comes to the sh- the shutdown time, the the new iPhone has this ability where you can not only time how much the kid has on the phone, but you can shut them down from 11 o'clock at night or whatever. And basically, all the apps close, and it's genius on their part. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's good. It's good because. And I don't know how many parents are using it. I would assume, I mean, probably a lot. Um, I just gave statistics, about not that the, many. About the Apple, really? So that went across, and again, that was recent. It went across broadband in general. Yeah. So it didn't go, you know, specific Because this provider. new Apple, it's pretty new, and um, it's, it's pretty mainstream, but also when the parents are given the choice to, you know, put it on, the kid's going to start yelling, and it's like, no, why'd you do this, Mom? Like, come on and then the mom's like oh shoot you know this is just going to cause more problems i'll just take it off so, so what do you think about um what do you think about parents enforcing that now you know i'm tougher yes than, <laughs> you, you overcome me <laughs> than than most parents but what do you think about parents giving in on stuff like this honestly i feel like it's it's hard and i i know that especially me being so pushy i it's a lot but it's really important that you make it clear to your kids that there's other things in life. And I'm just looking at a lot of the kids in my school who have so much potential. And, you know, there are other factors to this, but who um, aren't really getting good grades, who who can get good grades. They're not trying, they're whatever. And um, not all of that has an effect of social media, but parents, too, um, should really be there and, you know, force that down. Not you know, not crazy, force, strict, you know, where it's it's difficult to, you know, but the idea that the enforcement is there and that it's it's also very relevant, you know, consistent. every day. Consistent. That's consistent. the word. I consistent. Were, I knew what you were, I knew what you were alluding to. That is the word. <laughs> so, so how did you feel today when I required you to get off your computer, leave your phone at home and come walk downtown with us? Okay, that... <laughs> I, so I was fine with it, but I also had a math test to study for, which I wasn't studying earlier in the morning because I was on my computer. Um, and so I Being guess, distracted, playing games. At least my um, consequence was going outside. <laughs> I mean, that's not terrible. Um, but it was nice. I got a crepe and a smoothie, and we went to the Oyster Festival, and it, it was fun. Um so, so I mentioned that because so often, again, it's about that enforcement, right? In that moment, there was such pushback, actually, from both children about yes. not wanting to go, <laughs> My not wanting to walk really downtown, mad. not wanting to participate. Yeah. But then once we go, they have a good time. I know. And so a- as a parent, it's getting past that initial emotional response. Yes. One of the things that, you know, hopefully we'll get to tonight is talking about the impact of um, – 
on the brain. And, you know, what we're not taught as parents is that the logical side of a kid's brain doesn't develop till they're in their mid-20s. So everything that they're saying, although may sound very logical, most often comes from an emotional place, especially when they want to push their point. And as teenagers, their brain's job right now is to push the point. And so I know that with both kids, because I've got 13 and 15, they are, um, I'm, I'm learning lots of patience uh, because <laughs> they are both pushing the point. But ultimately, as the parent, they have to do what I've asked them to. And so, again, I'm forcing them to get outside, um, which whenever they, they do it, they appreciate it. But yeah. sometimes they need that extra push. So why do you think, um, what's the biggest reason, reason you think kids don't want parental controls? Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Well, for starters, there's the addiction, but it's like that idea that something's being taken away from you. Like, a, I, don't, I don't even know how, what to call it, but like, I don't know, like a mother's baby. I, I, I don't even know. <laughs> but it's where it's being taken away. It's like all your power and your... It's just being snatched away, and it, 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 you can get really angry. I remember the first day you put on my parental controls, and I had already used uh-huh. the two hours, and I was so mad. I just got so mad because it, for me, getting older, I'd figure, oh, I'd have more freedom, but I feel like that procrastination, that addiction is still there, no matter how old I am, and it's probably going to get worse, but it's like you want that freedom, but you're still not ready for it. Mm. Well, and so what's interesting about her mentioning when I put on the two-hour parental controls, because they didn't have controls for a long time, because I had very strict rules about them giving their phones, and it was easier to monitor. Once Taylor had gotten into high school, it became a little bit more challenging. So I had asked them both, both kids, to put down their phones. And if you ignore me, there's a consequence. And so they ignored me three times. And so I said, okay. And I found this beautiful thing called parental controls, and it got implemented. And so, again, it is it can be challenging for them and, and frustrating, and yet it forces them to get off their devices, which they need that enforcement. Especially the at night, too. There's a whole science behind when you use your phone. A lot, so many of my friends will just scroll through before they go to bed, mm. which is terrible. It's terrible for your brain. And not only does it cause... Um, like sleep deprivation basically it takes you more time to fall asleep because there's some kind of blue light within the phone that reacts with your brain which causes just a slowing down of melatonin or something like that you I, on this sub- subject you know more than me so <laughs> well, I, I i might be on the right track but well so but you noticed that you were having trouble sleeping yeah as well yeah. and so it, one of the things that we look to do is sort of close things down at least a half hour because this is even homework when she's on the computer and doing homework mm-hmm. her brain keeps going long after she's lying down yeah. so our goal is to get everything to shut down like 45 minutes before that includes shower time but also to have um we have this kind of rule where it's you plug your phone in the kitchen which I haven't been so good about recently, but it's everyone puts their phone in the kitchen at night, and we have like a central charging station, and all the phones are are pretty far away from us when we when we go to bed. Right, right. Now we're going to talk a little bit about the brain and um, specifically social media. According to Psychology Today, the this is a big word, the ventral tegmental area, 
the VTA, part of the brain, monitors social needs by releasing dopamine when we achieve social success. And it actually inspires neurochemical deficits when we don't. So this is interesting because the VTA doesn't think before it reads signals and responds to it. So it can't distinguish between actual threats. Remember that sort of fight or flight that we're born with that used to save us from being eaten by animals or being hunted by uh, other people. And today we don't have those types of things. So knowing that it doesn't distinguish actual threats from perceived threats and social media offers excessive amounts of perceived threats, this is when there becomes an issue, right? So while all this is happening in our brain, simultaneously, those people who would be typically less confrontational or even cowardice are much more brave on social media because there isn't that direct impact or connection with a person. So they'll say and do things they would never say in a face-to-face encounter. So this only begins to touch on um, the impact of social media and the brain. And I won't be able to get too much into that because I really want to ask Taylor questions about how she sees this impacting today's youth, especially this idea of social media and kids' access to it. What do you think, Taylor? Well, yeah, it's that idea that no one actually knows who you are, right? So you can make an account, anonymous123, something like that, and you can go and just say whatever you want, and no one will ever know who you are. Um, And it's also really scary. um, The things that you say, you figure, oh, you know, it's just my comment out of a thousand or ten thousand on Kylie Jenner or whoever. I'm just giving an example. Um, it's like you know whatever you say. I'm sure those people scroll through, and you might not see all of them. But it's that it's that cowardice too. The idea that like you're not only making yourself more hostile, but you're putting things out there that just isn't good for the world. Mm. Your energy. Too. Yeah, absolutely a negative energy. So, um, what do you think? Um, especially for kids, has people say, I know we, we talked a little bit about the brain, but what do you think has kids say things online that they wouldn't normally say? Like, think about in school. They, I mean, if it's not an anonymous account, anonymous account, but it's actually people that you know, what do you think sparks that? Well, it goes back to bullying too as well, which is like if you've got an older brother who, you know, takes things out on you, you want to take things out on other people too. So when it go when it comes to online or even in real life, there's obviously going to be those people who are mean and you know make comments. But social media, it's really accessible accessible to just go on there and, and say stuff, and you never really know what's actually happening to that bully in a sense. You know, who's being mean to them? I mean, they're not just born; they're they're kind of made, right? And I'm using that, and but it's like you know, there's probably something happening behind the scenes that you don't really know. So it's that, you know, bad energy all together that just affects people. So you're saying that that the bully probably has stuff going on in their life. Probably. Because I know that oftentimes we talk about the victim of bullying and them having things going on in their life that we may not know. You know, uh, whether um, I I saw a story where a kid's um, mom, a kid's aunt had gotten cancer, so he shaved his head. And some of the other kids made fun of him at school. And the principal had come in and let the kid shave 
his head so that he could show all the other students that we don't know what's going on in someone's That's life. Really so, cool. so what's interesting is you're actually talking about something that I think often isn't considered is what's going on in the bully's life and where is that stemming from? Yeah. And so what, what do you think about um, how easy it is to judge online versus what you would say to someone in person? The whole, I feel like the whole definition of Instagram and Facebook is judging a book by its cover. And you have your cover, which is your profile picture, and then all your pages, which is just the best of the best, your great photos with the filters and the Photoshop. And it's really easy to judge, um, especially if, oh, you know, she has a ba- bad outfit on there, or she doesn't look as good as the girl next to her, or, you know, who's that guy, or, you know, just mm-hmm. those things that all you see is the picture. You don't see who's taking it, who who they're with, what they're doing. You just see the location and, you know, just mm-hmm. that little frame. Um, but you really have no idea what they're doing. And you just see, you just see a picture, you see a frame of. And you create your own story, right? So. I know that um, when I'm working with clients, I know that a, bi- a big issue with social media is, is comparison and people comparing what they have. Yes, and, definitely. you know, when we think about the Facebook feed, it's so important to remember that this is the hi- life's hi- highlight reel, right? This is um, your trailer for your life. Yeah. And so I know one of the suggestions that I make is that when you're looking at other people's um, social media feeds, take a minute and stop and go through your own feed or go through the pictures on your own phone Mm -hmm. because when you start to look at your own life in those beautiful snapshots, you get to take a look and go, hey, hey, like my life's pretty great too. Definitely, definitely. It's pretty awesome. And so that's one of the things that I suggest. What do you suggest to young people as a way to overcome some of the stuff um, that's happening in social media? Well, it's it's difficult because you get so locked in um, and you just see all these people with these groups. I have no friends, right? That's the first thing that you think of. Mm. No one likes me. I'm ugly. I'm not pretty enough. I don't get to go to parties. I'm not invited to stuff. Everyone hates me. These global ideas that um, it's it's really hard. And so you just have to remember. And this is, I mean, this happens to all of us, right? I just look around and even look at my text. Like, this is a friend that I know I can you know, she's the best or, you know, I have friends. I like you just have to remind yourself mm-hmm. um, and even just looking around, looking at your family. Family's so, so important. Everyone seems to skip over that. But it's like all the family trips. And even if you don't get to do all these things, those people are going to be there for the rest of your life. And, you know, they're the closest people that you have. So don't forget about them. Your pets. I don't know. You know, yeah. the, there are things. Pets are everywhere. great. Yes, it's such beautiful, are, are, unconditional love. There are things everywhere that you can, you know, see and be grateful for. And so how do you, so you, you said grateful. Do yes. you want to talk about gratitude? Well, another thing that we do that um, as a family is every night we say three things that we're grateful for throughout the day. Um, and it, even if we're having a bad day. Mom, mom makes a lot of gratitude rules, which is you can't be grateful for anything in the future. You can't be grateful for anything that happened yesterday. And you have to be grateful for three things. At Even least. if you had the worst day ever, there are three. I'm grateful for this dinner. I'm grateful that I have 
feet, whatever. What <laughs> we, we don't do feet. Another That's rule. another rule. Another rule. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but it's, you know, that idea that um, you just find something, the littlest right. thing. It doesn't That's even right. matter. Someone you bumped into on the train. I don't know. The littlest things that you just remind yourself to be grateful. Uh, how has that benefited you by doing the gratitude at dinner? Well, even dinner, it just it makes it so much more fun. I feel like <laughs> if, if it's a bad day, um, we force something silly out of our gratitude. And it's a conversation starter, which we usually have mm-hmm. a lot to talk about. Um, but we also get to learn what happened during our family members' days. And um, was it a bad day? Was it a good day? You know, should we talk about it? Should we, you know, obviously we should talk about it. But, um, <laughs> just seeing what happened throughout the day and yeah awesome 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 well taylor i appreciate you so much this has been such a great night good advice good information on technology any last words you want to wrap up um this conversation uh about youth and technology i think the things we talked about one was when it comes to parental controls sometimes just give in guys just because sometimes it's for the better our parents know what they're talking about um and i think it's it's for the better and i would i would try gratitude or even we have the positive jar thinking about good things and looking up looking around you instead of you know down i know it's cliche and it everyone says it all the time um but there's stuff out there and just have fun with your friends and your family and not everything's about what you see on the screen and on the feed and Life is is good. Awesome. Great, great advice. Thank you for listening to tonight's show on youth and technology. As always, I love to hear your thoughts on tonight's show. So visit the Own Your Truth Authority Facebook page and give me some feedback. Mm -hmm.